Hello and welcome to the latest podcast episode from Future Medicine AI Hub. I'm Emma Hall, the editor of Future Medicine AI Hub. Today, I'm joined by Mazin Gadir, who is a digital health expert responsible for overseeing health strategy, development, implementation, execution and transformation as an external advisor for healthcare government ministries and authorities, including for the Dubai Health Authority. Mazin has unparalleled expertise in the field of intelligent health systems. Thank you for joining us, Mazin. It's great to have you with us. Thank you for the invitation. Much appreciated. To kick this off, could you please provide a brief overview of your career to date? Yes, absolutely. So I've been in the digital health space for the last 23 years. Uh, my background, electronics electrical engineer with a PhD in quantum electronics and nanotechnology, specifically for oncology, diagnostic and pre-screening research. And I also did my master's in business and management studies. All my studies were done in Leeds University, where I started my career in Leeds Uni. Then I moved into the private sector. I worked for the NHS as part of the digital health team that was assembled to digitize the national health services in the UK for three years, and then moved to Dubai in 2009. And I worked in the digital health space in the healthcare strategy and healthcare digital transformation since 2009 in the region covering Africa, Middle East, Asia, and going all the way to Australia. I worked on governmental duties as well. I worked for Abu Dhabi Healthcare Services Corporation and Dubai Health Authority, the area of digital health strategy, digital health implementation, healthcare strategy, and transformation. And also I worked for private sector companies like the likes of PricewaterhouseCooper, PwC. I did a number of years in the area of digital health consulting across the region and a company called Cerner previously in the digital health transformation. And then eventually, four years ago, I joined a company called IQVIA, trying to also expand the digital health transformation and healthcare strategy development across Africa, Middle East, South Asia. That's in a nutshell what I do. I do a number of volunteering activities as well. <laughs> I mean, associated with academia. <laughs> You've got a lot on your plate. <laughs> It's, it's definitely been an exciting, I'm a long life student, I call myself, a learning addict. <laughs> Thank you for giving us an overview of your career so far. What are intelligent health systems exactly? Right, intelligent health system is basically the marriage of digital solutions, data management and data generation, and basically human processes and analytics. Intelligent systems is basically in healthcare combines data, technology, systems, and processes to make sure that we have a self-learning, modifiable uh, engine that allows decision support mechanisms for clinical staff, clinical workforce to care for people at the right time, with the right means, and with the right amount of information. That's my definition, I guess. Thank you. Do you think that digital health transformation is a choice or a necessity? Digital health transformation has become a necessity. It's part of the DNA of economic prosperity and economic stability. We've realized after COVID that healthcare is an important part of any nation's survivability and sustainability, number one. It's a matter of national security, the health of the population, and the sustainability and robustness of the healthcare systems. And that's what COVID has brought us to believe in now, that digitization in healthcare has become a necessity. 
is part of the DNA of survivability, sustainability, and resilience. In your opinion, what are some of the best and most successful examples of intelligent health systems or digital healthcare technologies? I think some countries like Estonia have proven the fact that as a nation, you can build a health system that is part of a national sustainable model that brings all citizens of a country to work together with digital solutions and bring in a smart ecosystem that covers the whole nation with emphasis on healthcare. So from a perspective of what would be the best or most successful models of digital health or intelligent health systems, I would say role model of Singapore and Estonia has been one of the leading models across the globe in building an interconnected, easy to access, and it covers all stakeholders in a, a digital ecosystem that represents an industry like healthcare. Certainly in the Middle East, we have, for example, good initiatives and and ambitious initiatives to create such healthcare, digital health economies. Abu Dhabi is doing a great job. Dubai is doing a great job. Saudi Arabia is definitely working their way towards a very robust digital health economy that allows stakeholders to connect with each other, data to flow seamlessly from one stakeholder to another created a care coordination model where all the care providers can talk to each other and focus on the well-being and the healthy lifestyle of the citizens and the residents. So it's a human health ecosystem that completely comprehensively interconnected and allows a governance model that protects data and protects information and provides accessibility, equitable accessibility and services that are affordable. So that's why I mentioned Estonia and Singapore is because they have managed to bring together all the digital solutions with their partners, with their different stakeholders, their different major contributors to allow this digital health economy to thrive and build a comprehensive journey through different platforms and different portals and different digital solutions. The most important part of these, uh, you have to build the right standards that they comply to. They have to have the right data and uh, information security and confidentiality policies. And they they include the citizens and the residents in the decision-making by providing consent management and transparent governance. And this is some of the examples that I've seen in these countries that I've mentioned. There are some good examples also in the Middle East, the likes of Abu Dhabi, Dubai, and Saudi Arabia, working towards building a comprehensive and interconnected health ecosystem with intelligent decision-making support systems. Thank you. It's interesting that you mentioned Dubai and Saudi Arabia because I feel like I've been seeing everywhere a lot of digital healthcare startups. There's been massive amounts of funding towards those startups in the Middle East. There are quite a few now, I think. That, that is correct. A lot of the strategies that are coming out of countries like the UAE and Saudi Arabia is to encourage the production and the generation of unicorns, right? So bringing, mm-hmm. inviting talents, bringing in the startup ecosystem and mindset to thrive with economies. As I mentioned earlier, COVID showed us the importance of healthcare as an industry within a thriving economy. It's a matter of survivability and resilience. And to emphasize this point, lifeline of any healthcare economy growth is the startup communities, the new ideas, and the talent pool that you can grow within one nation.
situation. And I believe Saudi Arabia and the UAE has been working hard, in addition to countries like Qatar and Egypt and whatnot, working hard to bring in the power of the youth, the power of the female entrepreneurs, to bring in new ideas, innovate, and create new solutions and create economies within the healthcare system, whether it's in the area of biotech, medtech, insurtech, female tech, and wellness tech and whatnot to try and thrive with human beings and their health and well-being. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. As an advisor for healthcare government ministries, what are common challenges that you face from such authorities when executing digital health transformation? Excellent question. One of the biggest priorities and challenges we have, talent scarcity. The lack of resources and local talents in the area of digital health or healthcare data science or the area of healthcare economics or the area of uh, digital transformation in healthcare. We are in need uh, of talented international resources as well as local pools of talented boys and girls who can help us and manage the workforce gap. Uh, This is number one. I think the other area that we think is a priority, a challenge that can result in a huge priority is the skilling up of your current workforce, right? Bringing, making sure that this workforce is ready for, to become the future or the workforce of the future, to be equipped with the right skill set, tools, whether it's, you know, citizen development tools, whether it's emotional intelligence tools, whether it's leadership tools, because this is a huge gap in the healthcare digital transformation journey that we have. And then number three, the mental health and burnout. This is another important challenge that has created priorities to govern and safeguard the workforce that upholds this huge economy called healthcare from the digital aspect, from the clinical aspect, uh, from the health economics and finance aspect and strategy and policy development aspect. The mental health and the burnout rates that we have seen in COVID has shown us that healthcare workforce is a national security for every nation. Thriving healthcare workforce in any nation shows the robustness and resilience of that nation for any pandemics or epidemics that happen around it. Whether it's national disasters, like what happened in our neighboring countries, Turkey and Syria, whether it's uh, conflict disasters, uh, human-created conflicts, the likes of, for example, Yemen, Sudan, and whatnot, your healthcare workforce is one of the biggest national priorities and challenges that you deal with in any healthcare system that you look at in this region. Mm, Yeah. How do you work to overcome these challenges? I believe that's another great question. I believe, I mean, some of the solutions could lie in, number one, the education systems. I mean, a lot of the nations are turning inwards to look at how they can speak and accelerate the creation of a new workforce or upskilling the speed of upskilling your current workforce to grow that workforce quickly internally or locally. So looking at the education system and how this industry can support your healthcare economy to thrive with more and more graduates upskilled and ready to be the workforce of the future skills workforce. So one of the solutions that I've seen in this region, another solution is to try and attract talent from the international pool, which is, again, another important aspect. 
creating a safe environment, a secure environment for people to live and create families and grow their families actually attracts a lot of talent into this region. And this is another important aspect to grow your workforce and sustain it. Some of the other solutions that I've seen, especially in the third criteria or priority, is the use of digital solutions. Digital solutions allows the tackling of gaps, the scarcity of workforce. So, for example, using AI-enabled radiology-focused solutions to try and help radiologists to go through x-rays using AI algorithm or the use of robotic pharmacy dispensing equipment that allows us to obviously tackle the scarcity of pharmacists or using cloud-based solution that allows less implementation, on-prem implementations and drives more cloud-based solutions to allow, for example, clinics and hospitals and diagnostic centers to automate their paper-based processes. So the use of digital has become, again, another way of solving the scarcity of your workforce, trying to use hyper-automation, RPA, remote process automation, or even now they've used something called hyper-legislation to try and bring in clinical governance and clinical policy to catch up with the technological advancement and the huge need for automation. So a few solutions in mind, starting with looking at revamping and revolutionizing your education system to bring in shortening maybe the qualification periods, adding more and more education materials at an early stage, trying to start with schools before even universities. So there's a number of areas that could be investigated in the education system. What policies do you think should be put in place for digital health standards and regulations? Very good question. I believe it starts with always, number one, data governance and patient confidentiality laws. It always starts with this. Normally, you don't have to start these policies and regulations from scratch. There are some good examples in GDPR in Europe or HIPAA compliance in the US. I think there is a lot of great international standards that we can bring in to safeguard the data, safeguard the patient confidentiality and information security. That's number one and most important, most appropriate areas. The area of consent management, who is allowed to see this data? How do you empower your patients, citizens, residents to actually access their data and utilize the data? Just like banking, we should actually put all the rules and policies to empower the patients to consent them and let them enable healthcare users and healthcare custodians of their data to utilize their data. So empowering the citizens and residents. And we call that patient centricity. So policies in that norm would normally come definitely at a high priority. The third part is the standards, the coding standards. And digital health, one of the biggest aspects in healthcare digitization is standardizing diagnosis codes, CPTs for procedures, codes for drugs, There's a lot of coding and standards that needs to be established on a national level. And again, it doesn't need to be restarted or started from scratch. You can actually establish these standards and policies and regulation from what other nations have started or have accomplished. There are good national and non-for-profit organizations that could help in establishing that. The likes of AHIMA, I think it's the Association of Health Information Management Accreditation. There is the Health Information Management System Society. There's coding organization and standards organization. WHO has published a number of really great standards and guides that allows healthcare systems not starting from scratch. They at least start from a baseline. Finally, do you have any closing comments? I think my first focus area is, number one, 
is to look at digital health as an important industry or an important element of an industry that has become a national security and an important economic driver for sustainability and resilience. So I would definitely invite people to learn more about healthcare systems and digital health specifically and grow their talent and capabilities in this area. Number two, I believe I would definitely advise people to get connected with associations, the NGOs, the likes of WHO or UNICEF or global organizations that drive digital health awareness and skilling up. I believe also the fact that industries now have become integrated with healthcare. COVID has shown us that aviation, banking, hospitality cannot survive without being integrated in healthcare as a matter of national security. So driving awareness and understanding and skilling up in the healthcare system could actually be a priority of all the other industries. Now there is a huge focus on ESG initiatives, environmental sustainability and governance. And there's a huge dependency on healthcare that needs to be emphasized. Again, driving awareness, being able to learn, unlearn and learn, drive emotional intelligence, skilling up and leadership skilling up because these are interconnected competencies that allows you to work in a multitude of industries. Well, thank you. That's actually all from me. Thank you so much for speaking with us today, Mazin. It's been really insightful to hear about intelligent health systems and how they can benefit medicine. Thank you also to our listeners. And if you would like to hear any more podcasts like this, please head to fmaihub.com.